Hello, everybody. My name is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to this special December solstice message. I am excited for what's going to happen today, and I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't prescript these. Those that know me um, know that I prefer to not script things and to just really let literally source creator God just literally flow and guide us like a beautiful river to where we are really encouraged and beckoned to go, which is always deeper within ourselves and truly deeper within the soulfulness and the eternal divine energy. That's the core and root of all life. <sighs> it does not feel good. Okay, so I do encourage you to relax your body um, if you are very much up in your upper chakras, I do encourage you to also know that right next to your mental and brainwave patterning is also your heart-centered consciousness, and they're not on top of each other like, um, like a diamond ring at the bottom of a stack of like uh, dirty, dusty old leaves or dirty clothes. They sit right next to each other, okay? So the soulfulness, this eternal energy that is you in the all that is, beyond this reality, beyond this time-space continuum, it's not that far away, okay? So it's right next to all the other layers of your humanness. And the more that we can actually be aware of that in our consciousness that's beyond our brain, the more accessible it is, okay? But just be advised that your brain hates this <laughs> because your brain... Your brain wants to be part of this process. So your brain often has us, your brain often has you uh, very distracted with learning and books and studious activities to fill itself and help it feel like, like it's more confident in your soulfulness. But the brain and your soulfulness, they go like this more than they go like this, all right? So <laughs> knowing they're separate equipment, soulfulness is eternal, brain is mortal and <laughs> part of our humanness and that the more that we allow our soulfulness ah, to truly emanate into our humanness it we can bypass the limitations of the brain we can uh, recognize the tricks um, not sinister tricks just logical and rational tricks that the brain does to pull us into a mental state of learning and um, knowledge and we have to know things that was the biggest one of the biggest i think the biggest adjustment that i had to go through in my own personal expansion and in my own connection to source energy is realizing that my brain has all of these hardwired notions and inclinations to uh, to know everything. And, oh, Jill, you know, if we're going to um, put ourselves out there in the world, then we have to know everything that everybody else knows so that they can take us seriously, so that we can be credible, so that we don't have to look like a fool if they know something that we don't know. And when I felt my brain doing that, I was like, well, if you're right, then we'll never be done. <laughs> we'll, we'll never say ready because there's no way that I as human Jill, especially getting started so late, at the age of 38 or 39, I felt like I could spend the rest of my life reading everything, learning everything, traveling everywhere, and I still wouldn't know as much as you guys know. So basically, I called bullshit <laughs> on my brain, and I called its bluff, and it didn't know it was bluffing. 
And when I did that, I, I was more open and more truly in alignment with my soulful energy because our higher selves, which is our soulful energy, isn't looking at our human saying, oh boy, I hope they learn all that stuff. That's why they're there. No. So I had to get comfortable with the idea that I don't know everything and that it's not my job to know everything. And there's a lot of things that you guys know that I don't know. I'm not here as a representation or a library of human knowledge. I am here as my example of my unique expression, my unique animation, if you will, of source, creator, God. And that's a job I willingly say yes to. It brings me joy, it brings me harmony, and it brings me the broader awareness that my brain, no matter how well-read it is, can never give me. Welcome to the solstice message. <clears throat> All of you have the ability to be keenly and organically aware of the presence of Source Creator God within yourself at layers that are possibly alongside your brain. And there may be many different forms of experiences or encounters that help you feel that more readily, that help you feel and know that you are a source of love, that you are a creation of love, that you can receive Source Love and you can give Source Creator God love simply because you want to, we would say because you're wired to. When we see this group in particular, we see a group that incarnated for the expressed purpose of being a loving, caring, savvy, compassionate, and yes, intelligent form of human. So when we look at you, we say, nice job. When your brain looks at itself, it may say, oh, there's a lot to do. We, we must have a lot of tasks and, and uh, reminders and lists and jobs to accomplish. And that's fine. Just please don't let it, let it overwhelm you. At this time, this season of humanity, this December solstice, there is a sea of opportunities to pull you out of your divine energy, to pull you out of your soulfulness, and to actually distract you from what's important. But the energies of the solstice, solstice naturally pull you inward. Naturally pull you inward to the deeper layers of yourself. And we are supporting that with this message right now. <sighs> Let's have a little exercise, shall we? You may want to close your eyes for this one. We'd like you to imagine 
a beautifully set table, the perfect holiday spread. And on this beautiful table, it's a little crowded, and we want to make sure that you have room for you, for your soulfulness, for your eternal energy. So even though this table is laid out perfectly with appropriate spacing so everybody has their room, etc., you're noticing that you don't have quite enough room for you to be as comfortable as you want to be. So this is a, uh, we're going to disrupt this holiday setting, okay? And we're going to ask you to take your hand energetically, obviously, in this imagination, and clear away everything in front of you. And we're going to let that clearing away represent anything or even anyone that tends to feel like to you that it's in your way of experiencing and curating these deeper layers of yourself. So just clearing that space away, maybe to the right and also to the left if you need, if or you want a little more room. Good job. Okay. Ah, that feels better. <laughs> that feels a lot better. Okay, so notice we also said anyone. Because in the human experience, it is so predictable that there are going to be beings that maybe at one point felt supportive or encouraging of you and you were one of a kind nature. And then at some point you felt like the rhythm was off, like maybe they weren't as supportive of you. Maybe they were actually trying to pull you back into another version of you that they liked better, maybe an earlier version of you. And they kind of stopped being your champion. And it, it kind of doesn't matter why for now, okay? Maybe forever. Okay, good. So let's let some of those folks also be what you've cleared away. Okay. We also want you to clear away anyone that you've been sort of chasing their approval. Oh, I just felt that in a lot of you. I just felt this. Yes, let's, let's address that. Okay. All right. That's good. So just identify maybe a couple of people. Maybe it's more, um, maybe it's a whole group that you've been doing this very fancy dance, <laughs> hoping that they will say, oh my gosh, I, I, your light's amazing. Well, you're special, right? <laughs> let's just give up that expectation because they may never see you the way that you want them to. Let's say that one more time. <laughs> Jesus just said, let's say that one more time. They may never see you the way that you want them to. So let's take anyone that fits that description and just push them a little bit further away on the table as well. So you have all this room in front of you to just relax and be yourself, put your elbows on the table, get comfortable. Okay. And you need a lot of room because there's a lot of unexpected and sometimes jerky moments when we are really when we are truly allowing for more of our soulful energy to enter into this reality 
push through, to pop through from beyond the time-space continuum into this physical reality. That happens from the inside out. Like a sock, when you're folding socks and you put your hand in, if it's inside out and you pull it this way, it's kind of what happens. From the all that is transition, from the all that is energy of your soulfulness, as it transmits and emanates into this reality, into this world. It's you. It's yours. It's your soulfulness. You can even put your name on it if you want to. So this reality, the way that you and I and this very unique, exceptional group, not exceptional like better than the rest of humanity, but obviously very much we stand out and we obviously don't fit in. We figured that out a long time ago, right? So there are some individuals that we've been wanting their acceptance, we've been wanting their approval, and now we're sort of just letting it be that we may never get it. Because from our higher self perspective, we never needed it. Now we honor the fact that it, that it does feel wonderful to be seen, to be heard, to be accepted and validated in this reality. And there are individuals where that feels even more important to get it from them than it may be to get it from somebody else. But the layers of you that have invested probably more energy than you realize into that individual's or that group's approval is draining you. And it's a constant iterative disappointment every time those layers of you don't get what it wants. So let's just pretend for a moment that you never needed their approval. That you came into this reality with such an amazing, very carefully crafted independence of who and what you are in this space. That you will always have and have always had the ability to pull upon those deeper layers of yourself like a gold mine that's always producing gold. Like a gold mine that doesn't take a lot of effort in the mining process. And you'll have more of your energy for that mining of your soulfulness the more that you detach from your expectations of what others do or do not see within your humanness. They can't see you or they're not choosing to see you at this time. It is so much more important that you see yourself. When you see yourself, you are fully operating or more fully operating from that sense of independence and wholeness and oneness, glorious oneness, that allows you to be that effective minor of the all that is that is you and is available to you in this reality. Now what we'd like to also acknowledge is that there have been a lot of experiments that have been taking place on the planet by this group in terms of what makes a successful minor, what allows you to feel that light and that love of source energy more so than other things, whether it's truths, beliefs, practices, protocols, teachings, etc. 
and as time has moved and it's in its uh geniusly linear fashion that was not an easy accomplishment to make linear time please don't just please don't disregard the magic of linear time in your reality as humanity and as this group in particular has proceeded through linear time you have learned and uh through trial and error in some ways what works for you to feel the light of source that you are and what doesn't work or what used to work but doesn't work anymore so you are getting more savvy these lessons weren't things you had to learn they just happened to go with your wiring as a curious explorer of light within human form you're constantly evaluating um, what's next what's possible okay that works great let now now what's next there's this um, eternal passion for growth and new levels of light within human form and that's your true nature it's it's the essence of your passion for why you incarnated to begin with is because there is enough love that you have at the soul level and enough compassion for the human experience that you wanted to take humanity to the next level. <sighs> By having one. By having a human <laughs> that you could fully, fully animate, <laughs> that you could fully express through and be curious of and curious through. That's your you. You are the human expression of your team, of your higher self energy. And there's limitless ways that you get to be that and express that and grow and expand the light of source that you are in this reality. So when you, when you abandon previous practices and, and take, a, take a sharp right or a sharp left turn in, in different areas, we get excited for you. Because it's not like you like you never finish anything, <laughs> which would may have be maybe a human a human assessment of what's going on there. From our assessment is that you feel done with it. You feel like you got all the light you could out of that out of that whatever that experience was, and you're ready for something new. You get bored easily. <laughs> this group of pioneers gets bored really easily, and some things that may entertain and and delight and fulfill somebody for decades you may go through in 10 months it's not about superiority it's about tendencies it's about natural wiring wiring that you put there as your soulfulness we make extra time for this group because we see what you're doing and we support this so so sacredly it is sacred work and there are a lot of failed experiments and there are a lot of tired experiments and the good thing about an experiment in a sacred way is that no one gets harmed in the process it's like master athletes that are reevaluating which rules should apply to the game and how the game could be even more exciting and more fun as we go forward Again, the purpose of your experiments, your explorations, if that word suits you better, is always about how much light of Source Creator God 
you will allow yourself to hold within your humanness. <sighs> We're offering a special blessing to your brain with that. Those busy, busy brains. Like busy, busy bees. <sighs> Naturally pulling you into the sort of hive mind. <clears throat> Naturally pulling you away from the original purpose for your incarnation. Naturally pulling you into a more standard form of humanity. Naturally pulling you away from the light of source that you've always been, that you will always be, and that you couldn't truly disconnect from, even if you wanted to, even if you tried. So with this particular December solstice, we celebrate the ever-increasing levels and vibrations of light that you've allowed yourself to be. We celebrate the expansion of source energy love that you've allowed and created for yourself to feel, to animate, and to share in your reality, through your humanness. <sighs> if you could see as we see all of the <laughs> all of the tired experiments <laughs> and the tired truths that you sort of laid on the on the back of the uh, on the um, <clears throat> that you've laid on the path along the way. If you could see all of that, you would see progress. You would probably not see failure. You'd see all the momentum that a group like this keeps setting in motion. Yes, beautiful. Okay. So there's, <laughs> you've come a long way, baby, is what we want to say. <laughs> and for the parts of you that, uh, that are still very tenacious at what's next, please just at least take a minute to pause and give yourself a hug clap, applaud for yourself and for everyone here in this group, because that's what we're doing for you on this December solstice. Celebrating the progress you've made and uber confident in con your continuously breaking through to new levels of light and human form. We want to point out that some of your biggest champions are those that have done this in their own way whether that is Jesus, also known as Yeshua, whether that is Buddha, the Buddha, the original, and so many others, some that were never recorded in history, but stood out in their own possibly private and even reclusive way. You have so many beautiful predecessors at least in linear time. Some of you feel a connection with them 
because you realize in many ways you are also them and that you love to uh, insert yourself into linear time in various forms, by various names, in any profession. Because you can as your soulfulness, because you want to as your soulfulness, and because humanity matters. This reality, like all realities, matters greatly to the all that is. Our source energy loves creating and loves curiosity. <laughs> There's, there will always be uh, layers and layers of mystery and curiosity about humanity. It's unpredictability, it's free will, it's ever-widening range of consciousness makes it just fascinating on multiple levels to our source levels of energy. Even the most masterful soul can have the most carefully laid out, planned out human journey. And there is 90% unpredictability, 10%, yeah, I thought it would go that way. That's a lot. That's a lot of unpredictability. Yeah, okay, that, <laughs> we see a big energetic shift just with that part alone. Oh, wonderful. That's so good. It's so fun to remind you of these things because the mind can get very um, misunderstood. It can misunderstand a lot of things, misinterpret a lot of things. And there's a whole host of parallel experiments going on that are why it's, it is like scientists. And science in your reality is the ultimate religion. It requires more faith sometimes than faith religious faith, organized religion faith. So different scientists naturally design their experiments differently. It's affected by their human personality. It's affected by their soul personality. It's affected by their consciousness or, or lack thereof. That's so good. Okay. <laughs> so the wide-ranging nature of what happens here is something that as our higher selves we celebrate, but sometimes in your humanness can be frustrating. Because some of you, especially at that, the mental level of things, you really crave like one answer and that everybody comes to it. But there is another way to do it and it is the way that Jill has done it. She has a, a, a deep appreciation now. That doesn't mean she likes it. Um, but a growing, let's say, appreciation for the fact that there are different teachers, there are different spiritual messengers in this reality, and there are literally different experiments going on. When she looks at them because of how she wired herself at the soul level and who she is in combination at the human level, she can see the outcomes that are likely from those experiments. Even if that spiritual messenger has a different goal, her expectation is, ah, with that energy pattern, with those thoughts, with those beliefs, I'm imagining they're going to get this result. She's pretty accurate, actually, in her predictions of those things. It makes her very choosy <laughs> and very picky about the experiments, if you will. And I, I, I uh, see that some of you are resisting. Uh, you don't like the word experiment, but you see, you're not a lab rat. You're the scientist, and there are no lab rats here. There are no lab rats in these experiences, in these experiments. 
in these experiments, there are levels of willingness and participation and varying levels of consciousness that all soulfulness had some degree of awareness that that would happen or was possible of happening or was even very likely to happen. So at the soul level, all of those um, bets had already been placed. All of those, um, what do they call those legal documents? Um, legal disclosure, cosmic disclosure. <laughs> We're already like all signed off on, etc. So no matter how it may look here, that soulfulness is going, ooh, I, I remember, I remember seeing that this was a possibility in this lifetime if I, if I planned it this way and did that thing. So, yep, here it is. It's happening. Okay. So when you can respect the soulfulness in all of these different experiences, you can also more gratefully develop the appreciation for the free will that is in place in this reality. And again, looking behind you, if you could, at all the different kind of thoughts and beliefs and ideologies that you've tried on, like a suit of clothes, and you're like, oh, no, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. I'm not, that, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play that game anymore. Ooh. And then you move forward, right? That was you. That was you as an example of a master i.e. a scientist in our analogy here, saying, no, I, I'd rather do something else instead. This group is capable, and we've seen it over and over and over again. You actually create your own experiments. You actually cosmically pioneer and get curious about, what if this is true? What if that is true? Do I like what that, what's going on over here? Do I like what that book says? Do I like what that video says? Do I like what that person is saying on social media? You're, you are an evaluation machine in many ways of do you like it? Does, it? does it let you feel whatever your goal is? Are you clear about the goal that everything can be either getting you closer to feeling within yourself source creator energy or pulling you away from it it's a very useful metric because interestingly enough a lot of the explorations and experiments that are going on within spirituality and consciousness are not about getting you closer personally to source creator God. <sighs> There's a lot of reasons why that's true. <sighs> but maybe more importantly for now, it's just a reminder to yourself that it is true. And that even something that calls itself very love and light based, if it's not a match for you, it won't, if it is a match for you, it will let you feel more loved all of your layers, all of your humanness by a loving, caring, wise, benevolent God 
source. Ultimate creator energy. When it also, as a part B, helps you better understand what's going on in your reality so that you can also access that source energy love and be that love for others in this reality, that's also a criteria worth having in your, your filter system of what's a go and what's a no-go for what you participate in and what you animate and what you expand, what you want to see growing here. There's been a lot of undoing in recent decades, and particularly in the last seven years. about what it looks like to be a loving, caring human. Because remember we talked about that widening spectrum of human consciousness. Remember we talked about how there's 90% of the journey here that does not go as planned. Not all of the human trajectory ends up being upward spiraling. There is a portion of all future timelines and scenarios where there is a, a big group and maybe even the bulk of the human race that either maintains in a tailspin or continues in sort of a, a downward spiral. Now, Jill didn't want that to be true any more than anyone else wants it to be true. She loved the experiment that everybody was going to get home together. She loved the idea that all of humanity would choose to embody their soulfulness in this incarnation, in this timeline. But the more she tried on that experiment, the more she realized that from her perspective and by her cosmic awareness that she's connected to, that was a very remote possibility. And after years of trying it out, she kept observing what was actually happening, getting more in touch with how humanity works, how the brain functions, how consciousness functions, and other failed experiments such as Atlantis. And she realized it didn't feel honest or authentic to her to be part of that experiment any longer. So while she still cheers on the idea that all of humanity ends up upward spiraling, 
she was a part of a group, and it's possible that all of you feel also a part of this group, that wanted a solid plan B, like solid plan B. And it goes something like this. What if all of humanity doesn't catch on? What if no matter how bright and shiny and light-based and amazing a group like this is, or even grows into and further becomes, that there's going to be some stubborn humans that are just either too fragmented or too stubborn or too whatever to say, ooh, I want that. What if they never join in? Then what? So this group that we're talking about here looked at a whole bunch of scenarios. You guys looked in other realities. You did tremendous research. You looked at the Lemurian timeline. You reevaluated the Atlantean timeline. You looked at human uh, forward scenarios, if you will, going forward in time. You looked backward in time. The parallel realities that are similar enough, and all of you are also representatives of, um, we'll say adjacent races, whether that's Pleiadian or Syrian, Syrian like Sirius, mm, not Syrian like Earth-based Syria. There are so many representations involved in this that all love humanity and love its original seeding, its original creation template, and again, striving for, and how, what else can it be? What else can it grow into? What other upward spirals can be made uh, for and by this human, this, this human template, this human archetype, this human grid system? So that's what this group represented is, is that kind of energy. So with this desire to keep that momentum going and the light growing, the solid plan B formed. And we can't tell you how it ends because it's so perfectly underway at this time. But what it's doing is it's stretching that human consciousness wider and wider and wider. So the range of those that are conscious, the spectrum, if you will, the spectrum of human consciousness is growing. It literally is expanding. Now, another one of the sort of failed experiments that happened in the past is this idea that if you grow, if you, if you increase, if you will, in your consciousness, like this up and down versus right and left, <laughs> that was Samson, that was funny. Um, then you'll leave the lower levels of consciousness. So you'll, you'll uh, shift, you'll, your ceiling, your floor will rise up as your ceiling grows. And that's been tried before. You'll end up disappearing, <laughs> by the way, from this reality. Um, the Mayans, actually, in the Earth uh, system, as well as those that were in Machu Picchu, and some of the other very uh, sacred site sorts of cultures um, experimented with that idea of raising the floor of their consciousness so that they could raise the ceiling of their consciousness. So 
again, this group, <laughs> this group here, isn't really into repeating other experiments. I think you can imagine why. It's like, oh, that's already been done before. What do we want to do differently? So this group began to be very curious about what if we keep the floor exactly where it is while we expand the levels of consciousness that we are bringing from the all that is into our humanness and into this reality. And we started to realize in, if you will, the laboratory of Earth, that there were actually a lot of benefits to that. It's very stable. It still allows you reach and access into the more traditional forms of human experiences and human relationships. So all of that is happening right among you. And you don't need to be like sanitized from it. You don't need to be separated from it from our perspective. If you want to be, that's, that's your choice. Okay, isolation, if that works better for you, then we trust you. <laughs> Interesting, throat chakra stuff going on here. Let me get a drink of water. Okay, so part of the confusion that's happening is that it is sometimes as if another scientist walks in on another lab and starts to like criticize it or say, oh, this is wrong. Um, like you guys don't know what you're doing, et cetera. And it's very interesting how, I'm, I am Jill, as Jill, I'm just in the background going, am I doing that? <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but there, there is natural judgment and opinionated uh, nature of folks like you guys. You're very opinionated, and we love that about you. It's such a, it's a wonderful um, set of evidence about the distinction and differentiation of your one, which is such a sign of your mastery, your individuality, your independence, um, your distinctions between yourself and others, and the and the light of source that they are relative to the light of source that you are, of course, all being one source energy, but each of you, especially in your humanness, being a very divine one that you set in motion, that you create every day with your thoughts, beliefs, choices. <sighs> okay. So with all of these parallel experiments going on, with all of these parallel messages and messengers going on, there's a lot to be confused about on the receiving end because it's like, what are we doing here? So, oh, I love that example. Okay, it is sort of like um, a recipe exchange and everybody is bringing a different recipe. And one is for like pad thai. Um, and one is for curry chicken. Um, and one is for like country fried chicken. <laughs> one is for um, chicken cordon bleu. Um, there's all these different like cultural influences and seasoning preferences and combinations that go really well together. And then somebody is saying, no, it's supposed to be this. And the person with the curry chicken is like, no, it's not. You got to have more saffron. And <laughs> the pad thai is just like, you guys are all wrong. You don't have enough peanut sauce, right? So there's this confusion about it's supposed to be a chicken dish. It's supposed to look like this. Dang it. 
right? So when you allow for the level of variety that's actually taking place here and the level of sovereignty you can allocate to all of it, then you can step back into your oneness and pick what you like best. Pick your flavor combinations, pick your like taste profiles that you want to experience, maybe not forever in your humanness, but at least for now, that you like that best. Having the awareness that other people are doing different things. Now, do they know what they're doing? They may not. Discernment, awareness, foresight, prophecy even, those are very, uh, those are gifts that some signed up for differently than others. Those are gifts that some have honed and brought into their expanded, the full range of their consciousness more maybe holistically than others. So again, you get to decide. Not all of you play the role of spiritual messenger. Okay? We talked a lot about the different roles and kind of, um, we want to say like, not soul types, but archetypes that each of you tend to kind of play in. We talked about that in the Unveiling Your Light series. Love how it came through in those little nice, nice neat little buckets <laughs> to, to play in and say, oh yeah, this feels like me. It feels good to know a little bit more about your one. That's why a lot of you love readings <laughs> because it's like, yeah, that's me. And it, it can feel really inspiring and comforting when that insight that's, that's offered to you, not with them having more authority over, over your you than you do, but some careful consideration and discernment that you can, offer, that you can uh, apply to any reading in terms of, again, our suggested filter of what works and what doesn't, what's true for you and what isn't. Again, we're going to repeat it because it's so valuable and it's been such an amazing um, successful experiment as Joe wants to put it from her perspective and what this group is doing and that filter that assessment criteria is is that ideology is that energy structure that you are putting yourself in and operating from is it letting you feel unconditionally loved right now by source creator God. Like the sun on your naked body, just like, hit me with it. I want to feel that love. Only the sun is on the inside of you. And there's nothing to hide, and there's nowhere to hide it anyway. And that every angle of you is just another thing to love about you. That is precious in human form that is golden it is the golden ring in humanity <sighs> okay so then the next layer of that filter is and this is what we would call the platinum ring and the platinum dimensional range the platinum age in creation is the next 
expression of that filter being, does that energetic system allow you to know that you love also unconditionally all life here? Plus, you have the discernment and the awareness and the platinum-aged worldview and cosmology to understand why some of those life forms are not animating in a lovable way. So there's love of their soulfulness. There's acknowledgement that they are also the light, their light, their one of source creator energy. And they've got this free will. They've got this other life planning they did. They've got these other kind of wild card energies that are 90% of what you're seeing there. And do you like that? Are they harmful to you? Are they respectful of you? Are they respectful of anybody in their life? So there's this beautiful distinction with that widening consciousness of what you know is their soul level and what's so lovable right there while there's full acknowledgement of what they're actually choosing to be. And it's not either or, it's that spectrum. And it isn't that much different really than the spectrum of light. There's the visible spectrum of light, what that humanness is, is you can actually observe and see and uh, interact with on their five human senses and your five human senses. And then there's the invisible spectrum of light, which has been proven actually by your science. <laughs> Can't see it, not with the human eyes, but it's there, right? That's the same for their soulfulness. You know it's there. You know they're one with source energy on many, many levels and layers of who they really are and the, their eternalness, their all that isness. And right next to it is what they're choosing to be. And if it's something you don't like, <laughs> most likely what they're choosing to be are unconscious choices. It's not from a level of, oh, I want to go out and hurt someone's feelings today. It's just this sort of spastic, um, random, unplanned, unaccountable sort of version of humanity that's living moment to moment, day by day, not a big grand plan, not a sense of connectedness to their all that is. No way of knowing how loved they are no way of knowing how loving they can be. No awareness of how special life is, how special their life is, and how special all life is. When you, we put it that way, isn't it easier to feel the compassion? And that compassion is the invitation of your soulfulness into, and your, to your humanness. Your soulfulness is inviting your humanness into the awareness that let's have a good degree of compassion and forgiveness for the level of suffering that goes on naturally by being disconnected from source and by being fragmented just in general in their, in their lives, in their humanness. 
humanity does really, really stupid things when it's forgetting that it is source energy. So it's hard to hold them accountable for being honest. It's hard to hold them accountable for doing the right thing. Get it? Yeah. So it's wise to have uh, discernment and uh, clarity about what those, again, visible spectrum of light, invisible spectrum of light, what are you actually observing and giving yourself more empowerment for seeing all of it, seeing with your eyes what they're actually choosing to be, again, akin to the visible spectrum of light and giving your soulfulness the eyes it, 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 uh, it wants to have, if you will, and this reality about their soulfulness and what's possible there, but what they may not be choosing. It all sits right next to each other. It's all available, but they may not choose it. But you can choose it, and you are choosing it, and you keep moving. <laughs> you keep expanding that consciousness into purer and purer examples and demonstrations of love, of God's love in human form. And we absolutely celebrate you in that process. There's no jealousy by an individual like Yeshua. There's just joy and a sense of, I knew they could do it. I knew they could do it. But sometimes you guys probably don't feel like you can do it. And that's why we're here. That's why we do this stuff. To remind you, to help you feel seen, to help you feel honored and appreciated for how weird it is to have a role and a, <laughs> a human like yours amidst all of this other unconsciousness and, and literally craziness. Insanity, right? We see you, and it's our honor to see you. If there aren't already, there will be increasingly a sense of your ability to see yourself, no matter who else sees you or how many don't. That's a sense of inner stability in your oneness that is highly recommended in your humanness. And it may never be associated with being able to interact with your team like someone like Jill does. And the wonderful news is it doesn't have to. Your being confident in the light of source that you are may have nothing to do with receiving messages, may have nothing to do with dialogue with your team and may have everything to do with trusting that you are the animation of your team, whether you've got a microphone to them or not. Your team isn't online to tell you what to do. Your team is online as those soulful energies 
that is who you are, who and what you are, eternally, beyond the time-space continuum, right alongside your having this human experience. All right? Your higher self knew exactly <laughs> that, that this was likely to happen. That there would be there would be human experiences and a whole maybe a whole human journey where you got nothing <laughs> from your team, and your team wasn't like, uh oh, now if communication breaks down, like abort the mission immediately. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It was like, okay, now remember, once you get in there, you may not be able to hear us, and you are loved, and you will have reminders that you are loved. You are trustworthy, and you will have reminders that you are trustworthy. You are masterful and you will have reminders that you are masterful what you do with those reminders is in the category of free will and you will get to decide how you respond or not how you ignore perhaps those reminders and no matter what they're still true you are loved you are trustworthy you are mastery no matter how it ends up going in your human experience See you on the other side. <laughs> Meet you right back here when it's all done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it, you guys. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's relax our shoulders right there. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I feel like we really weaved. I don't want to. I just don't want to talk right now. Just hang on. Oh, I just want to feel that gift that we all just created right there for ourselves. Ooh. Excellent job, everybody. Absolutely excellent job. Okay. <laughs> so we do need to wrap up here. I have a session in about 20 minutes. Happy solstice. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy whatever you're celebrating. You are loved, you are trustworthy, and you are masterful. And I'll, I'll let human Jill <laughs> kind of say it from my, my visible spectrum of light layers as well, okay? I love you so much. Um, there's a lot that we did this year, you guys. And all of, I'm just thinking of, gosh, what all did we do? Um, we did the San Francisco Big Truths recording. We did the Unveiling Your Light series. We did the Ascension Code series, which does talk a lot in more detail about the afterlife. Um, Thoth came in, T-H-O-T-H, -T -H, the Egyptian being, um, came in and like went straight for like what the Egyptians got wrong about their preoccupation with the safeguarding of the human, the physical body in the afterlife protocols that they set up and, and what he wanted us to know now based on what they got wrong. It was fascinating. So the Ascension Code series, all of these are in archive. Um, so that's available. We're doing the relationship um, alchemy series right now. We've done hundreds, literally. How many private sessions have we done this year? A lot. <laughs> My team is just like, a lot. And those are all recorded uh, for every client. Oh, Jesus just said there's an invitation. Yes, it is. There's a lot of magic that happens in those private sessions, you guys. And if any of you I wouldn't do it without your permission, but you guys can do it without my permission. If you ever felt like you wanted your private session to be not, to be no longer private, basically, and to make it public, 
because what I've know what I know about readings is that no matter who hears it, everybody gets something like, "Oh, I can see my I can see that that was for me too." Uh, oh my God, that's huge. Uh, that's so cool that that wisdom is here for us in this. Everybody, it's it, a group like this in particular, we just, it feels like a hug. Even if you're watching someone else getting hugged, it's like, oh, a hug is taking place. And it's a really awesome hug. I'm just going to watch this hug take place. So if any of you that have had private sessions with us wanted to share them and switch them over from private to public um, or even parts of it, you're welcome to do so. Um, you have our permission to do that. All right. Yeah, that feels good. There's a lot. Wow. If all that stuff were public, then it becomes like a, then it becomes like a Dolores Cannon thing, doesn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right. So I love you. I love you guys so much. Oh, I love you. Okay. Um, so what do we have coming up? Um, the Relationship Alchemy series is actually still taking place. I have another uh, series that I'll kick off in January because I'll be on with John Burgos. I think it's January 16th. And we have the Egypt trip coming up. And that group, we have 15 of us, including myself. And we do have room for possibly 11 more. Um, I know it's getting close to that date, but it's interesting because some of us actually felt an increased purpose and an increased sense of, excuse me, divine timing in going with uh, the U.S. administration's decision to um, acknowledge Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So moving our embassy um, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem within the next four years, basically within Trump's administration, <laughs> assuming he's still in office <laughs> anyway, because you never know. I'm not, I'm not uh, in one camp or the other. I'm actually more neutral about Trump than, than a lot of you here. And I have my reasons. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, which may surprise you. That doesn't mean I like the guy <laughs> in the visible spectrum of his light. <laughs> oh, God, this is so good. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, um, but the disruptor role he's playing, I can actually appreciate in, in more ways of me on my invisible spectrum of light levels. So anyway, we can talk about that. And you can judge me all you want about that. I, I get it. I appreciate that you're like, what is she saying? Um, but... Where were we going with that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Egypt. The Egypt and Petra trip is completely on. And it is important that anyone that jumps in that, that wants to reach out to me via email at jill at jillreneefeeler.com to think about going. It's really important that this group, that all members of this group, and I've already reached out to, to the other 14 of us that like, are you still good to go? Do you feel very purposeful in your light? Do you feel very clear about why you're going like on a soul level and on a human level? Because it's, it's important that this group allows themselves to be the beacon of light eternally that they are on the soul level as well as at the human level. Okay, so those that are like, I can't believe you guys are going. I, I, I don't mean this to make the, I don't intend for this to sound rude, but it's a good thing you're not going, <laughs> right? Because that's showing us that you're, it's showing you 
that your visible spectrum of you is like, that's a bad idea to go. And that's not the type of energy that is best for an experience like this. Okay. Um, I feel a hundred percent, a hundred percent safe with us going. And I, I talked about that with that group. The other kind of added um, safety reassurances that we got our travel agency that's doing the, the coordination and things is a Canadian travel agency. And the travel agent that we're working with, she happens to be Syrian. Um, so her awareness of Middle East tensions and, and um, you know, alliances and tribalism and all those things is she's very well versed in all of that. And it was so cool to have a conversation with her. And she was like, Jill, for those of us that like live in the Middle East, we like, this isn't a surprise to any of us. I mean, so I know in the US, it's like, oh my God, Trump did this because of the way that you look at Trump. It's interesting, you guys, if you ever talk with somebody, especially um, outside of North America about US politics, it's actually interesting how sometimes they have, I want to say a more visible uh, uh view of what's really going on than we do as Americans and as North American citizens, because we get highly influenced by each other, Canada and Mexico too. It's refreshing to just have another perspective of, oh, this isn't a big deal. Like, and she's like, no. (laughs) So will the extremist groups make this a big deal? Yeah, they'll make anything a big deal if they want to, to get the attention for their cause and for what they care about and what they want and getting um, visibility on the world stage level for their agenda. So she also has 26 different groups um, in Egypt and or Jordan in December and January that are all still like steady as she goes, steady as planned, no plans disrupted, etc. So I'm actually even, I want to say more excited about going and as this stuff was unfolding and I was connecting with Jesus on it and I had a great conversation with John Burgos, um, who's also part of our 15, um, just like, okay, because this was right the day of Trump's announcement and I was just really feeling into it. I was, I was crying on the phone with John. Um, I just felt such sadness for, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I just, I could feel empathically how like rude and insensitive this felt to those that are very supportive. And I feel very somewhat supportive, at least of the Palestinians that it's like WTF. I mean, I mean, why does it have to be like, again, this, this three and 40, well, these guys are going to get ahead and it's going to be at these guys' expense. So, I mean, my thought, and I think I posted this on Twitter, like within a day or two of if we, if we really, as, as a U.S. citizen, if the U.S., we, my, my we <laughs> as an American citizen, were really about peace, then we would also be acknowledging a Palestinian embassy and a Palestinian capital. But that's just me, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, so the, you know, the, anyway, just the propaganda and the promotion of what it is and what it isn't, et cetera, is just frustrating. But the sadness that I felt on that day for those that just want to be recognized, they want to have their own territory, they want to have their own land. And the creation of Israel was just so disruptive to so many different um you know, cultures, and I want to say tribes. Um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory 
way at all, but these traditional cultures, it was so disruptive. And I feel like it will be that way for a really long time. <laughs> That's another reason why I'm not like, oh, but all of the human race, we're all about to walk through this light together. <laughs> what are you looking at? Because I do not see that. If anything, sometimes it feels like we're more divided than ever before. And again, plan B, that's what it's there for, right? So that we can be more divided than ever before and not be divided eternally from the light of source that we are and not divided from our eternal light while we're here in our humanness. <sighs> okay, so the divine timing of the Egypt and Jordan trip, it, it's like it couldn't be better. It couldn't be better. And I saw that even more so. And I think, I don't know, John, if you're listening, but I think John said that in our, in our phone call that morning. So I was just like, this is, this is big. It, it feels big. I feel this on so many levels of my humanness. I feel this, this news, so many levels of my soulfulness. You know, does it, does it, do I feel as Jill and as soulful Jill that we should still go? And then as I felt more into it and, and heard from Jesus that, you know, his reassurance that actually this is like one of the reasons why you're going when you're going. That's, that's our view. You obviously get to decide, Jill, but from our viewpoint, this was a high possibility, a high probability. And that's why we encouraged you to set the dates like you did. I didn't know that at the time, you guys. My human Jill wasn't taking instructions from my team. I was working with my calendar with my husband, <laughs> okay, on when it would work for me to be away for 12 to 14 days from my family. Um, and, you know, whether I, <laughs> I was doing it in a totally visible spectrum of light dimension. Meanwhile, <laughs> on the sofa layers, they're like, okay, now, what what how are we going to arrange this, this deck here so that, so that the timing is perfect? And then it all just, now I totally get it. I completely get it. Oh, and I feel so trustworthy. I feel so trustworthy, not in my humanness, but in the overall system of all that we are. I feel masterful in that way that, that even when I as human Jill don't know why I'm doing something, that there is a divine purpose in it. And I feel loved. And I hope that you guys feel that too for yourselves. Okay. And traveling together is pretty fantastic. Hanging out together on a human level, you guys seeing that it, it really, I really am this way <laughs> in so many ways when we hang out together and you get to see more just the, the human silliness of Jill too. Um, you may get to see me get like stressed out about, you know, why isn't taxi here on time, et cetera. And that I own it. I'm not pretending like, oh, I never get stressed oh, I'm sorry, I'm so enlightened, I never get mad, and I'll never make a joke, and I, I never fart or burp or anything like that, because I'm so freaking enlightened. <sighs> no, <laughs> that's, that's not how I do this, and, and I don't actually burp and fart, <laughs> not very commonly anyway, it's very unusual, it's just not how my system works. Um, but anyway, this, that you really get to see like how real I am and it's right alongside these other ways of being connected. So I don't try to hide that or hide it from myself. Even I totally feel, um, I want to say a healthy level of not just responsibility, but appreciation for all the little, you know, flavors and nuances of how I am Jill. 
And I, since I allow myself to be so loved by Source Creator God, it gives me more permission to love those layers of me. Well, not like, like, I mean, I definitely have my favorite flavors of Jill, but there are the other layers. I'm like, well, I got to love you too, because you're part of me. So here we are, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's better than some of the alternatives we have done, which is pretending that we have to only wear certain colors to be connected to God, pretending that what we eat um, is like such a big deal about how we're connected to God. Like it's like food had become and has and still is a religion to a lot of people. Um, yeah, again, there's lots of experiments going on and we each get to decide which one feels real and relevant and valuable to us. Okay. I love you. Happy solstice. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. I love you so much. And I would love to see you at an event. So anyway, we got lots of, lots of yum yums for you guys. All right. My website is jillrenefeeler.com. I will say in advance, thank you so much for sharing or commenting or liking or subscribing. I greatly appreciate you. And I'm, I feel so I want to say humbled and blessed at how my work has grown within such a relatively short amount of time. The fact that I did my first message on September 9th, I think 2009, and then I did my first event on 11-11-11. And the fact that here, and I, I, I have the divine privilege to get to share these types of messages with this fantastic fellow masterful group. Um, I don't know how I got so lucky, but I'm really um, grateful for the interaction that you and I have and the, the front row seat that I feel like I stole <laughs> in a way that I made for myself to get to see your light and your mastery and why you're trustworthy. I wouldn't want to miss this for anything. I love you. Bye-bye.